Welcome back, everyone, to the OGs. I'm Don Povia, joined once again by Kyle Bunch, whose mustache, for those of you watching the clips, I just said is, is coming in more glorious every week. Kyle, how are you, man? I'm, I'm good. I'm trying to give people a reason to tune in to watch my mustache progress. So we'll, we'll see how that goes for us. It's impressive. We're going to have to do a side-by-side, week-by-week, like what this thing looks like. But but you, you can handle it. I, mean, I think it's a Texas thing, too. You're, you're just kind of falling into being a real true Texan now. Or, or I'm auditioning for uh, like an offensive coordinator job in the NFC East. Either way. <laughs> well, good luck. You can have those jobs. <laughs> uh, but we are joined again by a guest this week and uh, proud to have him back. A guy that I've known. I was going back, I think, 2011, 2012, we first met up. But welcome to the show, J.R. Jackson of J.R. Sport Brief. J.R., what's going on, man? Sheldon, Don, how you doing, my man? We are well, and we were just talking about all the things that you have been up to. And uh, hold, you know, hold on, Don. I'm sorry to interrupt you. What's up to you, bunch? I can't say what's up. To, it's not <laughs> what's going it's, on? What's going say on? What's up to? It's, it's a bunch too. I'm 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 good, man. Go ahead, Don. I'm sorry. Fair, fair enough. And and that voice, that projecting voice, uh, you might recognize this because he is on. Uh, 300 plus stations around the country syndicated by CBS nightly, 10 o'clock Eastern time. He is based down there in Atlanta, but then still does some weekend stuff. This Bronx boy never really left New York doing some WFAN largest market, largest sports station in the, in the, in the country. He's up here and he's been on NBA TV. Uh, How do you, how do you balance that all? Oh man, it's easy scheduling. You know what? I, I like to tell people all the time and we see people do it as a hobby. I certainly started off as a, a, a video blogger. And so something that you really enjoy as a passion makes it a little bit easier to do. I mean, there's a lot of folks who, who want to talk about sports for a living, don't get an opportunity to do it. Uh, I most certainly am doing it. And so whether it's a matter of, you know, people only hear what you what you do or people only see the the 30 minutes on TV or people may only hear the four hour shift. There is work that 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 goes into that. But at the end of the day, it's as simple as as talking about sports. You know, I'm not outside digging ditches. I ain't picking up cans on the side of the highway. And so while it, it's work, it doesn't necessarily feel like it. There, there, there could be worse things than, you know, having the same argument that people are are, are doing for free at the bar, you know, and getting paid for it. I think that was the premise of blogs with balls. <laughs> We're all doing this at the bar. Uh, yeah, let's put it in a room and uh, formalize it a little bit. Uh, how have, how, I'm curious, you know, you having been at it for a while, us going way back in terms of a lot of us doing this as an amateur thing, if you will, and trying to kind of build, you've broken through and had a lot of success. Where, where did you see the inflection point for you and, and for others? It feels like there was a, some sort of, break point in there where we really saw the floodgates open in terms of new voices. Coming. Yeah, it's 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 been ongoing. It's 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 tough to say because as as we all know, digital has just has taken over everything. You know, I put my first YouTube video up in 2009. My first YouTube video went up in 2009. You know, it's to to look at that point in time, you know, there was no Twitter account for the New York Yankees. There was no Instagram there. There wasn't the same type of fan engagement. And so it's kind of crazy to say this was a a certain inflection point. You know, over time, you've seen websites and you've seen social media pieces, whether it's 
a Bleach Report. I remember when, you know, you had three or four guys who started Bleach Report out in San Francisco. You know, I work with their team when they opened up their New York City office, which isn't the beautiful gleaming office that it is now. It was it was literally maybe you could stuff 15 people in there, you know, kind of back to back with a, a little cutout in the corner for the studio. You know, I, I remember and have seen the, the evolution of, of an SB nation. I've seen companies get money, lose money, come in business, go out of business. And I, I'm, I'm still here. So to talk about the inflection point of like what's going on now for me, you know, I've always been a believer in, in my talent and what I learned prior to going on camera just by being around media with, with my family and my uncle who worked in radio originally and just having an understanding about talent and producing even at a young age. And so the inflection point for me, I was very aggressive in putting out content and understanding content. So even though I was just, quote unquote, another regular dude putting stuff on YouTube, like I had a plan. It was a method to my madness. I didn't look at it as I'm just going to slap stuff up here and see what happens. It certainly looked that way for anyone who's just skimming by. But I, I had a plan on how I was going to attract people. So the inflection point for me to long, a, a long answer was when I didn't necessarily have to be aggressive, but opportunities started to come to me. You know, when businesses would reach out to me, when I got interview opportunities, when a Mountain Dew would call or an agency would call or someone would say, hey, we want you to interview X, Y, Z. That's when I knew that what I was working on business-wise was, was really starting to really bear fruit. Well, something that you just mentioned uh, kind of seems ironic, right? Putting that first video up in 2009 and now working on what you call analog radio yeah. um, in, in almost 2021. Uh, a lot of people have gone backwards, right? Gone from radio to digital. Um, the one thing that you have done is maintain that brand that you had those 10, 11 years ago. And, you know, has that been a part of the plan that even as you're on radio, it is the JR Sport Brief show, right? That has never changed. What what exactly was that plan? Because I remember you mentioned SB Nation trying to recruit you when I was doing some work with them to try to get you when they were doing more robust video type things back in the day. And you were very much, um, uh, sure about yourself and this vision that you had of really building a broader network. Um, so I guess, you know, in 09 being digital to where you're at today, still maintaining that identity uh, and everything in between, how has that plan played out for you? Oh man. Well, well, damn it. It, it, it looks like it's worked out a little bit now, hasn't it? It, it, it? That's, and that's, that's, that's not to be, that's not to be, that's not to be arrogant. And that's not to say that everything I've wanted to say has happened. But what I what I can say is that what I've been able to do is extremely unique. And I like how you you, you talk about how, you know, I, digital to analog, uh, a lot of folks primarily, especially in the, the big entertainment space, it don't matter if you're talking about TV or radio, we hear all the time, you know, whether it's because of COVID, that if you're a movie studio, where the hell would you possibly even host your movies if we didn't have the digital capacities that we have now, you know, or you can look at a, a, a machine like like Quibi and you can look at the failures that that are there. And so there are plenty of places just like in sports that have had to adapt from, OK, this is the message. How do I how do I move it towards digital? 
And so from my perspective, I've always felt that I have an ad- advantage coming from digital, understanding that, and then being able to do radio and do TV. Nothing has, has necessarily stopped or slowed down. Am I as dedicated to my YouTube channel as I was in the past? No. But working in the, and I don't want to call it an analog, but working in a more traditional space allows me more opportunities. It gives me more, more bandwidth. And so for exactly what you said, you know, it, it, it's been cool because at the end of the day, I have been the brand. You know, I am the JR and in, in JR Sport Brief. And along that way, whether it was a, a up or a down or a setback or a throw forward, you know, I, I'm still here. And there's 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 something to be said about longevity. There's something to be said about the relationships that I've been able to build along the way. You know, I give you an example. It's one thing to 10 years ago, you know, be called out to Madison Square Garden or the Barclays Center and be told, hey, there's an opportunity for you to talk to Gary Payton. It's another thing 10 years later to be able to sit in the same room and share the same set with Gary Payton or to an even further degree, someone like Shaquille O'Neal or Charles Barkley. You know, these are the type of things where you can look back and say, oh, damn, like someone like Grant Hill to sit with Grant Hill. He's like, when do you sleep? And it's just to say, oh, well, that was that interview from then. And look at what you're doing now. Like there are people who take note of. You on the Internet, you you do. And it's another thing when you talk to athletes and I've gotten to a place where, you know, athletes respect what comes out of my mouth in a public setting on stages and sets where they get paid millions of dollars. And so for me, I look at media as media. You know, it's getting kind of sucked up into the same ball. Whatever you do needs to complement you. So we see this now in, in traditional radio. If you're doing radio, you are dumb as hell. You are dumb as rocks. If you're not taking advantage of utilizing that audio and, and regardless of whether you want to, quote unquote, repurpose it, you better find some purpose for it where anybody can listen to it. And so for me, it's just one big ass is is all in the same pot, and it's like, how do you reach somebody here? How does it tie together there, and and how do you monetize it? How much resistance have you had in that struggle to to maintain that brand identity? So, how much is it when you've been pursued by whether it's traditional or, or digital platforms where they say, "I want Jr." Versus you saying, well, if you want JR, you get JR Sport Brief. Has there oh. been a, a back and forth struggle with that for you? Oh, yeah. and, and like you said, you've been successful because you've, you've maintained that over the last decade. But I, I know just because of our relationship, you have had that, uh, that give and take where guys just want you, the personality, not you to bring, you know, your yeah. brand. No, yeah, no. And that's and, and that's fine. And I've worked in different capacities and it's, it's two ways you can look at it. You can say, hey, I, I, I only do talent work. I can literally show up. And if you want me to talk about a score or whatever the case may be, that's perfectly fine. Um, if, if you're not interested in, in, in other opportunities, that's cool. You know, at the end of the day, the JR Sport Brief element, there's, there's, there's two things. I am JR. Yes, obviously. You could, you could see that. Anybody could see that. You know, you can identify the JR Sport Brief show. But when you talk about a lot of the other things that that I work on behind the scenes and, and, and putting together now, 
it's taking a lot of relationships and equity that I've, I've built over the years. And it's being able to go out and produce other programming. Because before I put myself on camera, that's exactly what I was doing. It didn't matter if it was with my uncle on his own TV show or radio. It didn't matter if it was a, a, a local musician who was trying to monetize on, on my space. You know, I've always been in a creative space. I went to school all the way from high school for marketing. Like I'm an idea guy. That's that's where it starts off. Like I I, I find just as much joy sitting down and planning out other people's ideas and the steps. Uh, you know, I've been around long enough that I can say this publicist can help you do this. And this is who you need to talk to at the radio station to do this. And this is a platform where you can do it. And this is how you can do this in three months, four months to actually make money. And so there's a lot of planning with a lot of athletes that I've spoken to about producing content. And yeah, you get that resistance because it's easy for someone to say, well, we just want you, to, we want to pay you to talk on the screen. And for me, time is valuable. A lot of what I've built is valuable. And so, yeah, there, there are plenty of things that, that I've said no to. There, there are plenty of things that I've seen that have come and go. You know, a lot of people, quite frankly, over the years have raised money, have said, oh, I want to produce and I need a talent. And then they figure out how difficult it is to, to create content when you don't have any. You know, anybody could buy a, a camera, anybody could buy a set, a studio, a space. You can hire me, you, and Bunch and say, hey, guys, give me a show. But how are you going to fill it? How are you going to program it? You know, I've, I've seen a lot of places that, that have faltered. And I take, I take pleasure in knowing that I'm an individual. Um, I try not to be a jerk or an asshole to anybody. You know, I try to do what I need to do and be respectful of what other people want to do. And I think that's that's part of, of you know, the, the longevity, not like I've been around for a million years, but that's that's part of what allows me to exist even still now to be able to go on the radio and say it's the JR Sport Brief show. People respect what I've done and what I've built, not just as a as a quote unquote talent, but what I do as an as an overall you know, you, you talked a little bit about when we got started with this, there was, there's really only so many platforms to create, you know, we'd have our own blog, we'd all have WordPress or movable type, whatever that is, yeah. maybe dabbling in some YouTube or the earliest days of podcasting. Now there's a million platforms each with their own nuance. Creating for Twitter is entirely different than creating for TikTok and so on. How are you seeing that? change things as far as, you know, uh, you know, all of the, all of that sort of proliferation of platforms and, and how it looks different for somebody coming up today than it did for you or any of us wow. a decade ago. It is, it is an oversaturation and that's a, that's a good thing. And that's a, that's a bad thing. You know, I, I, I tend to say, you know, when, when you want to take out nepotism, if you want to take out racism, if you want to take out bias, and in most cases, I would say the cream rises to the top. If if you have a talent, if you have a plan, if you understand that the majority of times you might have to deviate from that plan, you can find some type of success. But people want success without planning for it. People think that you can go ahead and just, quote unquote, do the work or I'm I'm working hard enough. You actually have to plan out for success. You know, what are the steps that you want to take? Yeah, I, I can't tell you, or I could, I could sit like, I, I personally love architecture. 
I'm pretty sure if I took time and went to school and all of this, you know, maybe in 20, 30 years, I might be able to help build you a bridge. But I have to be realistic about that. You know, you have to take a look at what you're good at like anybody else. You know, for me, what I do is I talk about sports. And a lot of people think that talking about sports is just, hey, the game went last night. I know what the hell happened. I, you know, they covered the spread. I made my money and they can just go. Well, you know what? I personally take a different approach. You know, I, I take a more artistic approach to everything that comes out of my mouth when it comes to sports. I think about my show and what I do as storytelling. So if you're a hardcore sports fan or you happen to be someone who's a, a casual watcher or listener, that anything that comes out of my mouth, it is it is a hope. I am planning that you can take a little bit of what I'm I'm saying and just and just listen for a minute and be and be captured. And I can listen to a lot, whether it's radio or TV or blog. You know, you can listen and hear and see, you know, whether someone is doing it intentionally or unintentionally. The cream rises to the top. Anybody can have a blog. Anybody can go on Instagram. How are you planning it out? That's that's really where you where you can move into a space of recognition now. The talent's one thing, the tools are another. I'm curious your opinion, as Kyle kind of alluded to, now there are all these different options where you have to create differently for. Whereas you, all these years, um, as things came and gone, your, your bread and butter was still YouTube, right? You kind of mastered one platform. I mean, do you recommend people coming up now, given you know hindsight and, and where you're at now experience-wise, to focus and really do that one thing really well, or do they have to be these multi-tool players, if you will, and and be able to hit audiences on all these different platforms or at least multiple platforms? You got if you think about it in in, in baseball, you got to know how to you know you might be best as a number three or number four hitter, but you know what? If, if, if the manager says, Hey, we want you to get on base as the number one or two, you got to learn how to, you know, take some balls, pardon the pun, you know, (laughs) you got to learn how to, how to get on first base. So you, you, you gotta, you gotta learn a little bit of everything. You know, if I I would tell someone right now, and it really depends on the skill set. I wouldn't, would I tell someone to just jump onto YouTube right now? Probably not. It, it, it sounds simple. My questions to them would be, well, how comfortable are you speaking? You know, if, if you feel good that you can just push out, you know, 90 seconds of a quote unquote rant about Giannis Antetokounmpo or, or Lamar Jackson, you might be better served. Just put it on Instagram. You know, if you want to get into more storytelling then I would advise you to to put content on on YouTube or or to put it on on Facebook. So, uh, you know, it it really depends on your talent, depends on what you want to do. But I think at at, at certain points in time, overall, you got to you got to feed multiple monsters. You know, you got to be able to say, hey, I want to take this and put this here. Maybe this is a potential preview for the longer form that exists on YouTube or Facebook or whatever the case may be. This is the teaser on Twitter. So it's 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 more work, even though the mediums have changed. It's just a matter of, OK, I, I generally say pick one, figure out what you're best at, pick that one and then build ancillary content around it. So, so everything is is one ecosystem, because if 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 you are 
the Atlanta Falcons. You're the Atlanta Falcons on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, just just all of that. It doesn't change. You just have to figure out where you're you're putting this content. And that's why as things have changed over time, you know, the, the digital person was just one hire in the marketing department. Hey, you're young. You know, the Internet, you do it. You figure it out. And now we've seen this is this is a whole staff. You do Twitter, you do Facebook, you do Instagram, you do the ad sales, you do the sales, you do the sales, you do the artwork, you also do the moving artwork. This you got a whole staff now just to move social media. So if you're one person, try to find that one spot and how you can build around it. I think one thing that is you know starting to be different from you know again the, those earlier days and and all the way through now for you. I think a lot of your checks have come through advertisers, right? Like you do a good job of creating a compelling product. People dial in. I mean, both Don and I, I think, reached out to you in the early days because you were producing stuff that was professional, but it was relevant to a younger audience and social. Now you come up, you can start all sorts of different ways, Patreon, Substack. I can go monetize my audience directly. How how would you have done it differently or would you have done it differently if you were in that mode today and you were creating great content and didn't necessarily have to work with guys like me, the ad ad douches of the world and just be able yeah. to go make money off of your audience directly. <laughs> the, the Mountain Dews that you say. <laughs> the mountain, we, you nothing against what? doing the do, but uh, do the part do. Of, and, and part of part of that is is having that plan. Because a lot of people you're at the whim of the platform provider. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. That's what a lot of people don't always keep in mind. An algorithm switch or change could mean you make, you know, $8,000 one month. And that might mean you make a thousand the next month and you just go, oh, well, what's going on here? This is the gravy. The gravy train is, is, is ending. And that's that's realistic. You know, we can take a look at at Vine. There were people who made thousands of dollars on Vine. And then when Vine ceased to exist, you got a lot of people who thought that they were going to make a living and that they, they found the, the get quick rich scheme. And it's done. You know, over time, when I started on YouTube in 2009, YouTube is a very different place. There was no YouTube TV. There was no investment into original content. You know, I, I, it was still closer to, to Cat playing the piano. And so that's the part about having a plan. It, there are a lot of creators, and not just in sports, not just in music, people who create art and put it online. You know, you find that medium. But what is your ultimate plan to monetize? I don't think there's anything wrong with, quote unquote, being in bed with the, the traditional media partner. It's like anything else. If, if you're an investor, I don't care if you're running a hedge fund and people are giving you their money, you're going to try to allocate those resources in a way where you can net the best possible result. And it's the same way right now. What would I do differently? I would, I would maybe utilize Instagram. In, in regards to the video space, a lot of my original videos on YouTube would hit that anywhere from two to five minutes. And I would either use Instagram, maybe I'd use Facebook, YouTube. It, it's, it, it's really not that clear cut, but I wouldn't skirt traditional media. A lot of people, and this is, and maybe it doesn't matter right now, but a lot of people feel that they make money by themselves and they don't have an understanding that, you know, especially right now in the PC culture. And I, I hate to say the cancel culture. People look at what the hell you've been saying. People look when it's time for that big, 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 big check. You can, you can bankroll a thousand dollars here and there, but what happens when 
you know, your audience grows with you and they're old and they go, I got a kid. I don't got time to be on TikTok. What happens when that 19 year old is, is 30, which, as we know, 19 to 30, you know, you can think it lasts forever. It goes by like that. You know, what do you do as 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 times change, as the platforms change? You want to diversify what you're doing. I can say that it was a plan from the beginning. I was never going to put anything out that was going to jeopardize short term or long term. You ain't going to search JR Sport Brief and find something ridiculously controversial. And that's 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 by design. That's not just because. Hey, I'm just going to say what the hell comes to mind about an athlete or an entertainer. I'll I'll say someone acted like an ass. I'll say this guy was an ass. This you ain't going to find nothing further than that. And that's by design. People don't think about the long game. So building on that and, and some things you said earlier and talking about, you know, I think at the early days we talked so much about the things we were doing is this democratization of media. And we, and we it was true. I mean, we saw a lot of voices come online, a lot of people represented that weren't previously. But it strikes me as you talk about this, that between, sure, however you want to characterize cancel culture, just just the the sheer force of algorithms, advertising is the main monetization, and not to mention that all of the various voices that come online, you know, some some for better, some for worse. How do you how do you look at where we are today in terms of bringing more diverse voices in and letting them speak and be themselves in a world where an algorithmic change or an advertiser shutting you out could mean that that you know lifeblood is cut off and that voice is is silenced if they want to want to keep their job it's it's beautiful you know it everything is a give and a take and i i take i take what you say in in two different ways you know i wouldn't be on cbs sports radio i wouldn't be on wfan uh, i wouldn't be on nba tv in all likelihood if it wasn't for the internet I didn't take a traditional path. I looked at, I could have, I could have went to Syracuse University and I could have got a degree and I could have forged that. So I'm not going to say, oh, well, this could not have happened. What I've been able to do could not have happened the same way if it wasn't for the internet. And I think it's a beautiful thing that it allows voices of diversity and it allows people to have a voice. At the same time, we know that there's a lot of garbage that comes out of that. And, you know, it's it's no different than like what you teach your kids. You know, there comes a point in time where you got to tell them, yeah, just because you see it on TV or just because you see it in a movie doesn't mean that it's it's right. That doesn't it doesn't mean that it's it's real. It doesn't mean that it's it's worth your time or attention. You know, it's no different than the kid, you know, in fifth grade who's running around school, you know, just just telling lies and spewing nonsense. You know, when do you tell your kid? Listen, that child over there has his own issues. That's for that child and their parents to figure out. That ain't none of your business. And you gotta, you gotta take an approach to that online. Like you're gonna get your good, you're you're gonna get your bad. You gotta be smart enough to discern like what the hell you're taking in and how you're absorbing it and what you want to do with it. Like there are people I know who want to be business owners who 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 aspire to be business owners and, you know, create a business on Instagram or want to do this or do that. Well, are, are you doing that by scrolling through Instagram all day, just mindlessly? Are you figuring out how to make it, make it work for you instead of just, you can either consume everything that's going out now, 
or you can look at it from a creative perspective to make money. Uh, you talk a lot about the plan. You, you've also had somewhat of a team over the years. I mean, Charlie aside, who's been one of your biggest supporters, your partner in this venture that you've had. But I also remember there was a time where you hired somebody to translate your videos into Mandarin. There was a time when you were um, trying to partner with, uh, you know, a European, almost like a live streaming, you know, entertainment service. Yeah. So, you know, some of those folks that have been integral to, to your growth and it really, it's almost as if you've had that eye on, you know, global domination, if you will, but you know, how important is it to also, you have talent, you have a plan, but then also having the right people around you. Oh, no, it's, it's amazing. You know, I look at everything that I do and this goes this goes back to, you know, asking me about the business stuff and how do you do JR versus JR Sport Brief. It doesn't matter if you're, you're, you're working with me. I look at everything I do as a partnership. It's just just flat, you know, in the in the big scheme of things, in the radio scheme of things, you know, intercom or on payroll, it might be. Okay, here is is our employee, but the, the the reality is, you know, I take the position of this is something that I am bringing to you. This is a platform that you're bringing to me. How can we we best monetize this where where it's beneficial to both of us? And my approach has never been to just say, okay, talent, 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 talent. So when you talk about just 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 having a team, like I like working with good people. You know, I like working with with people who are honest, people who are going to stand on their word. And so my my current business partner, Charlie, who I've, I've known since the beginning, he managed my uncle. So I had the, the opportunity to see how he worked with my uncle. And I feel fortunate for that. And because of that, because I, I could open up my email right now and I can run through a whole entire list of of agents and managers it doesn't matter if it's from Los Angeles. It doesn't matter if it's Chicago or New York. Big agency, big giant windows that overlook big stuff to, to small ones in closets that generate millions of dollars. And, you know, I've always taken the approach of, all right, fine. W- what, can we, what can we do together? And if it's a matter of, oh, well, I can't do this right now. I can't, it's just fine. I, I plan on being here. Let's, let's, let's have a conversation. So, who you work with is 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 very important. I mean, you and I, you know, I don't I don't exchange pleasantries with you every single day, you know, but if there's something there that 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 can be done, I think over time we've done it or 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 we've explored it and I appreciate that. And that's something that I think also comes in in time, but I view the world as a real small place. And ironically, yeah, I'm I'm a black guy from New York and my partner Charlie is 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 Swiss and and ended up in in hip hop. So there there's some big differences there, but there's a, a respect for the world is a lot smaller than we realize. You know, I've enjoyed going out to Brazil for the Olympics. I've enjoyed London for the Olympics. I've enjoyed going out to Germany. I've enjoyed going out to China and Asia and Alaska. Like I've enjoyed this, and it hasn't done anything for me but to say. You know, this is an opportunity. And even starting off on YouTube, there was a point in time, 30% of everybody who watched my content on YouTube came from overseas. It didn't matter if it was the Philippines about basketball. 
It didn't matter if it was if it was Germany where you you found someone who cared about the New York Giants. Like I can pull up all of these stats and metrics and and just to have a kid from Curitiba, Brazil, say, hey, I'm watching you on YouTube because I like, you know, Carmelo Anthony or Dwayne Wade is just like. You don't get that in a local space or a national space. And that's why you got to you got to be down with everything a little bit. Although I do remember walking down the street of Manhattan around the NBA draft and just a guy come up like, yo, what's JR? What's going on? Like, who is that? You know that guy? No, it's just a fan. And, and like it was it was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, no, no, yes. One of my fans just walking no, down the street. And, and it was a, there's something, and I'll tell you, this is something I so last night I told this story on CBS Sports Radio. And because Giannis has signed his big contract. I remember I was introduced to Giannis's father. And unfortunately, Giannis's dad has passed away at some point over the past few years. And this was the all-star game in New Orleans. And Giannis Antetokounmpo, nobody knows who he is. He was drafted. He was in a footlocker. And, you know, maybe he signed whatever he needed to sign for the first 15 minutes. And I guess people petered out. It was kind of quiet there. And so I just kind of walked in just to mind my business. Giannis Antetokounmpo, at however old he was, I guess 18 or 19, sitting at a table in the middle of a footlocker, knew exactly who I was because of YouTube. This is a kid who just came to the United States of America, hasn't been in a country for more than eight months, but looks at me and goes, hey, I know you. YouTube, right? And like, it's just like, oh, yeah, that's that would be me. I've had John Jones the man who kicks everybody's ass when he's not getting in trouble. John Jones has stopped me outside of an ESPYs party to tell me, yo, you're the dude from YouTube. And then say, I want to introduce you to my brothers. And I'm saying, well, I hope I didn't say nothing crazy about the guy. I had a guy in New York City ride the train, stared a hole in me on the sixth train in New York with a Cubs hat on. I'm like, what the hell does this guy want? And he goes, hey, I know you from YouTube. And he proceeds to follow me all the way to my Metro North train that's going to take me out to the city just because he wants to talk about sports. So, you know, people people underestimate how small the world is. And, you know, you don't know it until you step outside of your comfort zone. I, I want to go back, though, because I don't think you've answered the question. You Shoot. said the plan has worked. Right. But is it the same plan that you began with? Did you think of where you were going back then that you would be doing national syndicated radio slash, you know, TV. Was that where you want it to be? Or are you just happy that it's a good place to be? I knew, yes, no, no, no. I I knew that online wasn't going to go anywhere. I also knew that television and radio. Which, wait, listen to what you just said. (laughs) Yes. Online is not going anywhere. Every brand that was ever reaching out to you was thinking, oh, shit, we got to get online. That's where everything is going. Sure. No, I was I I was I was early and it's it's been a benefit. Like I knew TV and radio were going to be larger opportunities. Like I I, I like you asked me about Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and, and which platform would you utilize? You know, I've always looked at all of the platforms and say, which one is gonna be best at that point in time where I could work as a talent, but then still ultimately go out and produce more content. You know, did I know whether it was going to be you know, I was I was doing local TV in New York City. I want to say two or three years after I was on YouTube, I was on NBC for New York 
they actually gave me spots to, to produce my JR Sport Brief, you know? So that, that was an early opportunity that I've had. You know, right now I do work, you know, KTLA calls me from Los Angeles, says, hey, we'd like for you to do this. The NBA TV says, a pre-COVID, I'll come into the studio. We want you to do, you know, uh, VO. We want you to do news. We want to sit you on, on set and do this with Channing and Fantasy. There's all of this. So everything that I'm doing is enjoyable because, A, I get to talk about sports. But then at the same time, I'm, I'm building more equity and I'm building, I'm basically building a larger canvas for me to ultimately go out and produce my content. And so the plan wasn't specifically, I'm going to do this online to get a TV job. And then I want to do this to potentially be on radio. These were all opportunities that I knew and felt were eventually going to happen based on my work online. And so for me, part of the plan was to be able to tie it all up in a bow. And so to have that that position right now to really start doing the tying up, that that is that is something that's that's worth. It's taken longer than I've wanted to. I've had to wait. I've had to sit in meetings where people had to go like in the phone. Now, I'm, I'm talking about 10 years ago, like on the phone. I'm like, yeah, people are going to watch stuff on the phone. People are going to produce content like it's. That's, that's what's going to happen. And so I've, I've had to wait, but at the same time, I've had to wait, but I've, I've never stopped working. Looking at the plan, which feels like it's been executed pretty flawlessly for you, where, what, what would you do differently? Like where's, oh, where's one that you wish you could change or go back on? Or- I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say flawlessly. <laughs> I wouldn't say flawlessly. Like there's like, there has to have there has to be pivots and turns. You know, I have I have a large enough following and audience. And this was the initial was to to empower more folks to to kind of play in the same sandbox that I do. You know, just just locally, when I say locally, I'm nationally here in the United States of America, but then overseas as well. Because I I watch enough people and I've seen enough people over the years that I say, they're not getting the correct opportunity. Like I've gotten an opportunity to, to do TV. People are reaching out to me to do this, but I know a guy in LA and I know a guy in Chicago. I know a guy in Miami. Damn it. I know a guy in Germany who would do a good job, not being me, but being themselves and, and attracting their own audience. So the initial thought process was to go ahead and create a community to monetize those people in a similar fashion, like what I did. And so as that has, has, has moved along and things have opened up more, you know, people can do that on Snapchat. They can do it on Twitter. They do it on Facebook, Instagram, and they do. Now, having moved along, the opportunities that presented themselves to me haven't just been, you know, this guy in Chicago who I believe in. It's now graduated into a level of, well, I can make the same deal in the same partnership with this Hall of Famer over here. And I could make more money in a faster way with less management. And so, you know, it, it, it's it's understanding the space and then still being malleable and understanding that, hey, digital is 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 changing. It's gonna continue to move. It doesn't matter if you're thinking about a billboard, it doesn't matter if it's the TV in your house, if it's the fire stick, your laptop, your iPad, like how and where people take in content is going to change. Like kids don't even look at TV per se. 
it's just facts, you know? Yeah. Two dads here. We can uh, attest to, to yeah. that, <laughs> what they're doing. So enough about you. <laughs> no, um, you, You've had some great interviews and great guests over the years. Who are some of the more memorable ones? Maybe some of the more memorable sound bites that you might've gotten or ones that you might've just been a little uh, awestruck with and, and saying, you know what, this is something like, yeah, this is one I'll look back at my kids and say, you know, I got to speak with so-and-so and, and form a it relationship. Is, it is tough as hell when you're in the middle of it, you know, because I'm not someone who is like starstruck. You know, I think maybe the I, I can't even remember. Like I've I've it, it, it's always nice to stop and take a trip down memory lane. Like I've met Bill Clinton like in in the during a Knicks game in Madison Square Garden, just like walking around in the back. Pele interviewing him in London. I hosted a, a live stream for Google. Pele treated me like his grandson. Kobe Bryant. I was at Richard Sherman's celebrity softball game. Kobe Bryant, you know, I, I learned this about him. You hear about it from anyone who talks about him and then you learn it firsthand. Kobe Bryant, you can have a, a, a literal 60 second conversation with him. And it's almost you feel the uh, how can I describe it? Not the intensity, but just how how sharp he is when it comes to goals or achieving things. Kobe found out who I was and was just like, oh, well, damn, that's that's what you do. And he just he it was like he dropped knowledge and and just like you, you, you there are rarities when you say, hey, you 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 work hard, you get this. He just has a different way of saying it. That was cool. Um, Usain Bolt. I don't even know what island it was in, in New York. This is like either pre or post Olympics. Like I had Usain Bolt like by myself to do a whole interview with. And we did that at, I think, Randall's Island. They have a stadium out there. I think Icon, yeah, Icon Stadium, or however you pronounce it. That was cool. And talking about Jamaican food and, and, and what he eats and what he doesn't eat. Um, they're just, there's so many things, but those are a couple that stand out. Going to Manny Pacquiao was my first big interview. And uh, Don, I know you know Cha-Cha. And Cha-Cha, you know, he's God rest his soul. He was an old Italian dude in Little Italy. He worked, used to be a boxer promoter. He helped put that together. And so we go out there to Los Angeles and Manny Pacquiao, I think, is getting ready to fight Sugar Shane Mosley. And I'm watching him spar all day. He's getting his ass kicked. I don't even know who these guys were, but they were kicking Pacquiao's ass. And they're saying that my interview is going to come when he finished sparring. I'm just like, I flew all the way to Los Angeles. And Manny, with his whole guys, they're going to be like, listen, let's just all get something to eat. But he graciously sat down after he got his ass kicked and he did the interview with me. And that was my first big interview. And that's like when you talk about or I say a plan, it's like, OK, if I can interview the top boxer in the game at that point in time, it was just him and Mayweather and Mayweather wasn't even where he was at that time. It's just like, OK, I can now use this as a springboard to do more. You know, this is, this lends me some type of credibility. And, um, those are you're building your resume, your, your portfolio, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, as you look out there today, are there, are there people coming up early voices that, you know, and in, in, in whatever medium that you admire, that you see as, as see some of yourself in as rising stars coming up? 
You know what? It's it's tough. I mean, there, there, there are quite a few folks that I look at now as 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 peers and who are doing amazing things. Like there was a point in time I was working with with SNY TV in um, in New York and Taylor Rooks, who's now at, at Bleacher and Turner, where I, I contribute on the NBA TV side. You know, Taylor was at SNY at the, the same time, you know, I was there. And so to see what she's been able to do is is pretty damn amazing. Um, you know, and, and it's crazy. A lot of it is at, at Bleacher because it's not so much. It's 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 tricky. You can look at someone like like John Boy at the 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 Yankees and say, OK, this is this is what I do. You know, is it an aspiration for him to be on on the Yes Network? I don't know. Can the Yankees package that up based on everything that he said or his language is a is a different space, you know, like a lot of things that you'll always be able to put yourself out there. There will always be a few buckets where you're going to have those options and those options right now. If you want to talk about big time, you can be on Barstool. You can be on Bleacher. You can be on ESPN. You know, there are only still a few. You could think about it like the networks. And so, you know, there are folks that I see that are online, plenty, but not someone where it's just like, okay, this is this is a name that that just stands out because they are really that damn many. There's so many that a lot of these folks I, I see as recognizable faces if I see them on a stream, not necessarily because they they kind of just stand out as, as on their own. That's it, it's to be honest, it's, it's tough to do right now. Yeah, no, it, it strikes me that you've got different also just like we talked about before the different media, right? So you might have people coming up that you don't necessarily know who they are, but they're producing things for Instagram that, that dominate there, or you're getting people who are using video games to go create you, stories, the secret base guys, right? Like that stuff, I, I, you know, if it's you, what do you even classify that? If at? you want to any, a lot of people could get on base that's the thing. A lot of people could get on base, but if you want to like hit the home run, what the hell are you doing to stand out? I love what Bob Mennery did because he did something that he can do. He has his own lane. There's not, he's not going to wake up and have somebody encroach on what he did. And so he can do the voiceovers. He can make money until he decides to not make money just because he's in his own lane. And so that's the thing. A lot of people could come up. A lot of people could talk about sports. A lot of people could do fitness videos. A lot of people could do this. What the hell are you going to do that's going to make you stand out? What's going to give you some type of legs when when things start shifting and the medium start changing? Like, what the hell are you going to do to be lasting? I'm, I'm still thinking about all those poor Vine Vine stars out there, man, with no backup plan and, and just taking the carpet under. There are folks, there are folks right now making lots of money on TikTok. Okay. How long is that money going to last you? There's a lot of people right now that are making money on OnlyFans. God bless you. It don't matter if you <laughs> if you're taking off your clothes or you, you know, you selling exclusive background to the painting that you're putting together. What happens when OnlyFans moves away from just strictly erotic content and now they move towards more mainstream? What are we going to have? A whole bunch of people who take their clothes off who go, well, what about us? Like, what did you think? It was going to last forever? 
it's kind of already happening now, isn't it? When sure. all these celebrities get on, and that's been the big argument. Like, yeah. this was our well, platform. What happened? And there are people who are making ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a month. Okay, what happened? If you're if you're a woman, this is not to to be degrading. It's just so realistic, just for 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 perception. What do you do when you're forty? What do you do? You know, when no one cares to pay twenty dollars to see you take out whatever. You know, these. <laughs> It happens. <laughs> this was such an inspirational interview. And man, I, I don't know this uh, path that it's taken now. But uh, yeah, with that, uh, JR, appreciate you not only coming on today, but you know, I was thinking back, uh, we had you out in Chicago, uh, I think for one of the events. And it was interesting. I'm thinking about the, the conversations that were being had. It wasn't just like platform centric. It was, I think one of the panels that you were on was uh, you know, I'm sick of your pitch or your pitch is futile. Like stop pitching me. Right. Cause you get successful. And now here come the guys like me and Kyle trying to get into, uh, you know, into your stream. Um, but then also I, I think we had done, um, you had done, were you there or were you remote when you had interviewed Oscar De La Hoya? I was in Chicago. You were in there and he was remote. And, and I, I was know if talking, both remote. and I was talking to Oscar while he was in, New York. And we did that. We did that on a live streaming platform called you now, which I work with that made money, but you know how it works right now. And this is when you talk about, about platforms, you now was, was, was caking and bacon. They were, they were working with a lot of, 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 of record labels and, and just, they were working with huge brands and Coke, et cetera. You know, things, things change. And that's that's part of the part of the deal. You know, if you got a plan, if you have talent, if you know what the hell makes you different, you have better odds at being successful rather than just having passion and saying, oh, I want to try this out. You you got to have a, a, a more hardcore starting point. And I'd be remiss if I didn't thank the guy that actually introduced us. So if you remember, it was uh, one of the guys that introduced a lot of people, I'm sure, but Joe Favorito, I believe was one of the first guys that kind of recognized what you were doing and, you know, said, you should take a look at this guy. And like I said, I remember meeting you and Charlie in New York, uh, looking at Charlie, like, I know this guy from somewhere, but, but again, everybody was trying to get their, get their claws into you and, and recruit you. But, you know, you've, you've carved that path and it's been, you know, pretty amazing to watch. I'm curious to see what's going to happen in the next five years and next 10 years and, and where that lands you and, and what you oh. end up doing. I'll tell you this, man, I'd love to bring you on and, and talk to some of the athletes that I work with just to, you know, talk about that sort of development. Everybody thinks they're a brand. Everybody thinks they can do content, but I, I think they lack that thing that you've been talking about. There's no plan for it. They're just throw it out there and hope it sticks. You, Hey, you know, things you, you might be moving. And that's great and that's good. But a lot of times you have to pay attention to how things are moving around you. Like, that's it. Like, we could we could sit here on planet Earth. And a lot of times, unless you look up, it's easy to forget that there's, there's a rock that floats around us. And there's a whole lot that floats around that. And guess what? It does have an effect on, on what happens here. So it's easy to get caught up in like, what the hell am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? You got to be smart enough to take heed and, and pay attention to what's going on around you. Otherwise, you you get left behind. I think that's a good way to good way to end it. So, Kyle. No, I was just going to say thanks, Jr. for coming on. This was this was great, as always. And good to see you again. Good to nah, catch no, up. 
No doubt about it. Y'all that, know that, radio voice, that radio voice, that radio voice, man. Exactly. Yeah, we, we, what do y'all need a drop? You need you need a drop. What what do you need me to say? I'll give you a drop <laughs> for free. What do you need? Gotta take you up on that. <laughs> yeah, Kyle. What do you want? Oh, I've got what now? I got to come up with it. Whether yeah, you, come on. Uh, let's see. You're listening to the OGs, right? Yeah. Is that all you want? I'm J- I'm Jr. from Jr. Sports Brief, and you're listening to the OGs. I'm JR from the JR Sport Brief, and you're checking in with the OGs, Kyle Bunch and Don Povia. Kyle Bunch and Don Povia. Kyle, I think I think that that kind of sounded very uh, the quiet stormish. Uh, that, that that baritone in that voice. You want you want a higher pitch? What do you what do you want? <laughs> no, you, guys are, you guys are you checking here. out the OGs with Kyle Bunch and Don Povia. <laughs> JR, man, appreciate you. Enjoy (laughs) that uh, non-New York weather down there in in Hotlanta because it is uh, snowing here and uh, we'll be hunkering down. But uh, I know you get back up here quite a bit, so looking forward to to catching up with you when the world goes back to normal. And, and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll have another event, Kyle, that uh, he could be a part of too. Yeah, absolutely. And and if you get down to Austin, come, uh, come hang with me and my boy McConaughey down here. Oh shit! Well, listen, we we going to the W downtown. Well, we got a new stadium opening up. We'll have uh, we'll have uh, him. He'll have us over to his house. So y'all got too much shit opening up down. Not opening up. Y'all got too many people fucking moving in. It's at like 150 a day. We're back up to our peak, you know. Elon Musk on the way, so uh, it's getting- we got Rogan down there. You, have you hooked up with Alex Jones yet? That's your boy, right? What else? What else? What else? <laughs> uh, stick to Rogan and Ferris, I think, for now. That that, that yeah, that's 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 a hard enough line. I don't know if y'all have enough space, man. Hit up Salt Lick for me. I know that bad boy's open. We'll we'll send some up your way. I appreciate y'all. I'll talk to you guys. Kyle, thank you, Jr. Thank you, everyone. This is the OGs. Until next week, take it easy. Peace. Thanks,